It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to episode 175 of the Worship Ministry One Catalyst podcast. Seven. One plus seven is eight. Eight plus five is thirteen. Three plus one is four. One plus three is four. <laughs> it worked once. It and, did. And ever since. It hasn't it's, worked. Yeah, it's I keep hoping. Work. I keep hoping one of these days it will be some really cool like mathematical thing. Uh, let's see. One plus three is four. Four uh, is the square root of two, and two divided by two is one, and one is a prime number? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a prime number. <laughs> All right, this is awful. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, we probably uh, don't need to go down that road. Okay, sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe another day. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, we uh, we're glad you're here, um, uh, listening to another episode. Um, and it's and if if you're listening, you've figured out, hey, we released on Monday instead of Thursday. So we're trying to get you a podcast at the beginning of the week so you can. You know, have the week to enjoy it and yeah. share it with your friends. And we would love it, by the way, if you would just uh, go tell your friends, hey, have you checked out that Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast thing? Uh, yeah, it's been around for forever, but, you know, they're they're still going and they're still awesome. Doing it. You know, if you want to say that, I mean, we won't put words in your mouth. Which we were actually featured in Worship Leader Magazine as one of the um, uh, highlighted blogs in the November-December issue. Yeah, for the third year in a row. Go... WMC. Did you get the cat? Did you get that? You got I, the catalog thing. I did because I haven't seen that yet. Well, it was just a digital version of oh, it. It was okay. like a PDF version okay. of it. But I was like, "Hey, cool." Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, three years running. Woo! Woo! But uh, anyway, so so uh, we are we've got some things going on. Next episode, you want to make sure you're going to turn into the next tune into the next episode because we're talking about kind of the some of the changes and stuff that's been going on here and yep. and uh, and you definitely want to hear it and uh, and be a part of that. So make sure that you come around for episode 176. Yeah. And if you missed it, go check out episode 174 because that was a great interview. Yeah, great with Zach. interview. Loved it. Yeah. So, uh, but. Lots, honestly, lots and lots of great interviews that have happened in the last couple couple weeks, and then uh, even more great interviews coming up uh, in the future. So you're just going to want to make sure that you subscribe to this and you don't miss an episode. Don't miss anything. Not subscribe. because we're awesome. No. But because there's some really cool people coming on the The people show. we're interviewing are awesome. Like today, today we uh, got an interview with Cody, um, Cody Hicks, and or sorry, Cody Curtis. Zach Hicks was last uh, episode, sorry, and Cody Curtis today. Yeah, so um, we're going to jump right into the interview without any further ado and uh, just uh, let you hear our awesome conversation with Cody Curtis of Salos. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we've already given you the information about uh, what's about to happen, so no need to repeat all of that in this uh, instance. Yeah. No, don't repeat it. Just 
do yeah, it. Let's just, just go. Do it. So, go. Yeah. So here we go. Today we've got with us on the podcast a guy by the name of Cody Curtis, and uh, he comes to us through uh, connection with Garden City Project and Dave Yalk over there. And so uh, we're going to jump into that. But Cody, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. If you would, would you just uh, introduce yourself to our listeners, let us know a little bit about who you are and your journey that you're on, and uh, just get us a little bit familiar with who Cody Curtis is? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I am married to uh, my wife. She's a beautiful redhead. Her name is Melody, very fittingly. Her awesome. name is Melody. We're, we both love music, and uh, that just worked out. Man, that, have, that's like God just like just smiled upon you and said, I'm going to give you this wife, and she's going to have a melody in her heart and a melody in her name. Like, I love that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, it made knowing that she was the one for me a lot easier. Perfect. <laughs> so that was, that was good. Uh, we have one child, uh, a 15-month-old daughter. Her name is Elowen, and uh, she's a lot of fun. She's in that stage where she's just growing a lot and changing every day. Uh, so I got into music uh, kind of later in life. Uh, 14, I bought a keyboard and taught myself how to play piano and taught myself the basics of music theory. I did undergrad at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee in music theory and literature, uh, master's degree in music composition at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And uh, just last May, I completed my doctorate in music composition at the University of Memphis. So Wow. That's my schooling background, and I'm so glad to be done with school. It was a good experience, but it was... Yeah, so so how long total were you doing school? Because that's like a lot of stuff, which, by the way, congratulations on those Thanks. degrees. That's f- phenomenal. But how many years of school were you doing? Yeah, that, it's a long a long time. I, I knew the number at one point. Like I think I was in like 21st grade or something by the end of it. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> the way I wanted to think about it. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so I like school. I, I have enjoyed this learning process because, uh, like I said, I got into music later than some people do, and so I had to play catch-up a lot. Um, so we, my wife and I and Elowen, we live here in Jackson, Tennessee. I work at Union University at the school where I did my undergrad, and it's great. I work in residence life. I get to hang out with college students and disciple them and make sure they don't burn down buildings, so it's it's a good, <laughs> good job here. Nice. Uh, but on the side, I've been able to start and oversee this group called Solos, and uh, my wife and I started that in 2012. Um, we released an album called Slave Songs. That was our first album, but uh, since then we've released our, our main album, the Romans album, and so I can tell you more about Solos if you'd like, but that's that's kind of the, the heart of my uh, my ministry here. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious if we can just jump into it. Uh, Solos, what does uh, origin of the name? Uh, what does it mean? Where did it come from? Yeah, so solo the is a Greek word that means to make melody. It's how a lot of times it's it's translated into our English translations, and so that word is used five times in the New Testament. But for us, the most significant occurrences are in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3, those cousin passages there, where Paul, in the case of Ephesians 5, says uh, to be filled with the Spirit and addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And it goes on to say, and uh, making melody to the Lord. And so that's the word there for to make melody. Mm. Uh, and so it's the same thing in Colossians 3. But we, we thought that that was a fitting banner to, to fly our work under is that we want to help the church 
make melody to the Lord and to sing psalm hymns and spiritual songs to each other. And so we just slapped an S at the end of it to make it sound better. And Solos is what we came up with. Cool. cool. Well, and it, uh, it seems like you have a desire as we're going to get into uh, the Romans project and, uh, and talk about that a little bit, uh, but of setting scripture to music. Is that, is that kind mm-hmm. of your desire, trying to, uh, trying to teach us uh, some of the, the truth of scripture through, through song? Yeah, and it was, it was neat how the Lord worked that out. I didn't grow up thinking that's what I want to do for a living. Uh, when we were in Greensboro, North Carolina, when I was doing my master's, we were part of a, a church there, a small little church. And the pastor, one of the pastors, he was preaching through the book of Romans, and he knew that I was a composer and songwriter. And so he, he asked me to write a song based on the doxology at the end of Romans 11, the, or the death doxology. And he didn't ask, he didn't give me a lot of time. I saw him this summer or recently and we talked about it. He thinks he gave me like a couple months, but I remember <laughs> it like two weeks or so. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, so I, I did that and uh, I wrote the song. It's Oh, the Depth is on uh, our Romans album. And I wasn't really super happy about it because I think, well, one, one I'm never too pleased with all my, with my music, but two, it was just, I just had to kind of, write it quickly and that was the first time I had really done that and that was a verbatim setting of pretty much of the text in Romans 11 but while we were there I was also going through pastoral training and getting to preach uh, pretty regularly with the the elders there and so as I was learning about um, how you would prepare a sermon series and about reading a text and processing it digesting and then thinking about how you articulate it clearly for the congregation to understand, I think that started to spill over with my songwriting and realizing that that there's a, a powerful opportunity there to teach people scripture, but in a way that is, you know, that includes music. And so from there, I, I've written a few uh, songs based on scripture, but the way that I generally approach it is I don't do verbatim text that often. I, I, th- I think I prefer to like a like a, a preacher does is to understand it and then reconvey it in my own words like an interpretation uh and that gives me a little bit more poetic and musical freedom as well cool very cool let's uh if you can uh cody share with us a little bit about the journey of this robin's album um, how it came to fruition, uh, how you recorded it, you know, was it, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a long process, short process? Uh, give us a little idea on that one. Yeah, it was definitely a long process. So when I wrote the the doxology from Romans 11, I think that was in 2010 or so, I played around with the idea of taking the entire book of Romans and putting it to music, but I would always chuckle at it and dismiss it because that one song, took three verses, and I think there's like over 430 verses in Romans. <laughs> right. so and so you're sitting there doing do the, the math, math, yeah, thinking, yeah. <laughs> boy, this is going to be a long, long album. <laughs> long album. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so after that point, I casually wrote songs. It was really just for fun. Uh, I remember I wrote two or three of them in, while we were in Greensboro. We left Greensboro, I think, in 2012 or so. And I wrote um, a song called Paul, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And they were fun. Uh, they were really beneficial to me as, as I just 
think through the text and try to understand what Paul is saying. And whenever we got, we moved to Jackson to start working at Union, and uh, through conversations with certain people here, I started to think through, well, how feasible would it be if we, if I did take the entire Book of Romans and put it to music? And I think once I realized that it didn't have to be verbatim, that I could take mm. big chunks and make one track out of that, because the the next song that, if you followed the Book of Romans, the next one that I would, would be writing would be the one that starts in 118. And um, when I thought about how to write that one, I know I didn't want to have a whole lot of songs about condemnation because 118 through 320, a lot of that is, it's just the the fact that, you know, no one has an excuse before God, we're all, all guilty sinners. And I, it didn't seem right uh, to just load people with one track after another with that. So I wanted to... That's kind of a, yeah, that. like a depressing album, you know? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, okay, I get it. I'm scum of the earth. Like, you know, yeah. is there anything positive? <laughs> right. And so that ended up being one uh, track from 118 to 320. And then from there on out, I just outlined it, which made sense as far as songs go. And I think I finished writing uh, all the music in the by the summer of 2014 i'd spent those the previous six months just writing probably 20 songs wow and um so we were had all the music musical material ready by the summer of 2014 and we started recording it that fall and uh, with our group um we we don't have a whole lot of resources we don't have a whole lot of money i mean this is this is a ministry that i my wife and i started and we have we had had hope to raise money through other other means but it didn't work out but we believed in the project so much that we just decided well we'll just do it and we'll dip into savings and whatever it takes uh, so we took a leap of faith there and uh, but with not having a lot of money the process is drawn out even more the recording process it's it's tough to record uh, a five track album even with a professional studio our romans album has 23 tracks mm. and it's uh the instrumentation isn't very simple either. It's a combination of basically a chamber orchestra with guitars and piano and drums, and so it's wow. it's big. Whenever we perform it live, it's it's 14 pieces is the, about the minimum that we Ooh. do it with. Wow. So we had all that stacked up against us, but um, what we ended up doing to record it is because I work in residence life at Union, I know where empty dorm rooms are, and <laughs> we. Uh, we found an empty dorm room that there wasn't a whole lot of noise coming in from the noisy college guys. And we collected about 15 mattresses and we built a sound <laughs> out of those 15 mattresses. And um, we have one microphone. It's not a very nice, expensive microphone. It's decent. I'm, I'm grateful to have it. But we um, just borrowed an audio interface and us record and uh, we did everything single single channel one track at a time and it took um it took about six months to finish recording it we did drums elsewhere we did that with a, a buddy of mine in nashville uh, but everything else was done here on campus uh, with our one microphone and so it, it took a while and we eventually had it mixed and mastered by and released by march of 2015 so it wow. was a long project <laughs> Um, and also, we did all of the all of the performing was done by students of Union University. So everything you hear on the Romans album is college students, some of which have, have graduated now, but they're just fantastic musicians, and they were lot they were certainly troopers to go through it with me. And I 
Yeah, I love that's that. Cool. Like, isn't that the coolest yeah. thing? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna grab some college students. I mean, it's so real. It's so like organic. And you're in the dorm with mattresses trying to block out <laughs> sound. Like, that's yeah. the that's the greatest recording story I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah. I love it. On, on, on the back of the album, it actually does say uh, "recorded at Mattress Sports Studios." <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a that's a great story of perseverance there. I mean, just going yeah. through and uh, and getting it done and and kind yeah. of being committed to the finish. Was, you know? Oh man! But uh, so um, moving on, let's uh, let's kind of take another step forward uh, here, um, if you will. Would you just kind of kind of uh, talk to us a little bit about the 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 process you go through? Uh, when you're setting when you're setting scripture to music, wh- what's you know we've talked briefly d- just about it a little bit, but but when you're so you're you're coming to a passage that you know you want to work on, uh, how do you start, and then how do you get that to a point where it's something singable? Because Paul, in particular, he is, he kind of he kind of runs like runs on and on with yeah, his sentences, yeah. and, <laughs> and it's and it's thick theological thought. It's not like I mean, there's some poetry mixed in once in a while, but for the most part, it's long theological treatises that uh, that yeah. you have to wade through. How do you go through that and set that to music? It is. It's a very difficult process. Well, it is for me. I mean, I could. I'm sure any of us could just sit down at the piano and just make stuff up and you know sort of capture the idea. But I, it takes me a long time to do it, especially if it's in the context of a larger work like with Romans. The first step for that was to think about the book as a whole. What is the structure of the book? And if I don't do that, what happens is I'll. Um, the music will start shaping itself just because of what the music wants to do as opposed to letting the, the text dictate it. So for, with Romans, for example, I knew that there are two big sections in my mind. There's the, the climaxes at the end of chapter eight and then chapter nine starts a, a new section in a sense. He's, he's working, been working all of uh, his trajectory with uh, justification by faith, sanctification by the spirit. And then chapter nine, we get the, the conversation on Israel. And so I start with big picture stuff and then I, uh, I piece it together and I, I try to find what, what are the common themes, what's the, the thread that's interweaving the entire book and how can I, uh, highlight that? Cause with, so with Romans, I thought the main point, like if you were to summarize it in a sentence, it's about the fact that God has saved guilty sinners by uh, justifying us through faith, we receive the faith in Christ. And then there's this exhortation of how to live. And so I wanted bare bones for you to get that. If you listen to it, that you get that one message. And then as I uh, hone into smaller sections, it it's, it's, it's a similar process. It's thinking like, I'll, I'll take a passage. If I know that I want to do these 12 verses or whatever it is, I'll do it in layers. And so I'll write the first layer will be a one sentence concise summary of what is this song about mm. and then go a little bit deeper and subdivide that into different sections and then it's a matter of how do you communicate that through song because I don't do verbatim uh, settings very much it, it gives me a lot of freedom um, to structure the song in a way that makes sense and I while that makes the process a little bit more difficult because it's you know the more freedom the more decisions you have to make it allows me to highlight what is, I think, is at the forefront of the text, 
to bring those to the forefront and then include things that are important, maybe in the middle ground or in the background. Uh, one example is uh, when I, I set, it was Romans 12, verse 1 through halfway through chapter 15. And that was one song is called Lay Down Your Life. And it was it, because it was, again, it's the, all the commands. And I didn't want to dwell too much on commands. And so I use something called that I call a progressive chorus, where after each so I'll do a verse where it's something from the passage as that works through the text. But the chorus is based on verses one and two from chapter 12, the lay down your life as a living sacrifice. And as it keeps coming back, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it gives momentum to the text. And it shows that these two and a half chapters or so, uh, three chapters or so, it is... It's all connected to verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12. And so it's those types of decisions that really weigh into my um, my process. I also take into consideration if there are rhetorical devices being used. And in Romans, there are a ton of them. Uh, the what shall we say motif, I play off of that a lot and build songs around that. And so you have what shall we say parts 1, 2, and 3. Um, and so it just it depends. But at, at the heart of it, it's finding out what does the text say and trying to communicate it clearly and not trying to be too art artistic with that without, you know, I don't want to ever make the text say something it's not. I'm interpreting and I'm having my own interpretation, but I want to be faithful to text and all, and all things. I think that's really important too. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, when I was in Bible college and, and, you know, you would do, uh, you remember Bible study methods and, you know, you kind of, uh, you, you would take a, you know, scripture and, okay, what, you know, what are they saying here? What's the, you know, makeup of the composition? But then there's that kind of balance. There's that dance where it's like, you're not doing a literal translation, you right. know, cause there's this kind of art that's involved in it as well. Uh, but I, I love what you're saying, taking, you know, the scripture kind of figuring that out. Uh, but then giving that, that art and that beauty, you know, in terms of, of the music uh, to it as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds a lot like writing a musical almost. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, if you're writing a musical, at least a musical based on an an existing work, yeah. then you, right. if you're going to start that, you have to be immersed in the existing work. You have to know the ins and outs of the story and, and what happens at the beginning and the middle and the end and all of the different twists and stuff. You have to be so familiar with it so that when you start writing the songs, for the musical, you can create the motifs for the different themes as they come back in yeah. throughout the book and, and all of that. I mean, it just, it's a long process, but if you're going to do it justice, that's what you have to do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a fun world to work in. It is, it is very much like a musical. It's, it's even more like an oratorio, like Handel's Messiah, yeah. uh, where it is like a, it's a stage production, so to speak, but not an opera. We don't have costumes and things like that, but it's, <laughs> we're just telling a story and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun to do, and it's it, it's the most rewarding part is hearing people saying that I've taught them scripture, and not just on an intellectual level. We have the benefit of using music to impact them and show them like this is the emotional thrust of the text because Romans, for example, is very emotional. Right. Well, real quick here uh, before we run out of time, I want to take a little bit of a turn, if you will, and talk about uh, kind of the the future of modern Christian music and. Mm -hmm. There's kind of a shift that's been taking place, I think, for a couple of years, and we are trying to really help facilitate that shift because we think it's a positive direction to yeah. be moving in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you see there in the future of Christian music? 
I don't know. I have I have hopes. Um, <laughs> I would like to see contemporary Christian music um, to have a, a and it does. I'm not dismissing a lot of what's going on today, but I think what's important is that it's doctrinally rich uh, and that there's a, an emphasis on the words and on the lyrics. As much as I love music, like I love just composing instrumental music and music's an important component. Whenever it is, especially if it's liturgical or if it's meant to teach you something, that the, the words need to be very carefully and mm. thoughtfully written. And a lot of music I hear these days, it, it sounds like it, it's, it's not heretical or anything like that, but it's, it's watered down and it's not really saying a whole lot uh, specific about our God. So uh, lyrically is something I would really hope to see that uh, our Christian, Christian uh, music is is replete with that type of theological richness. And then musically, I, I think our, uh, musically, a lot of the contemporary Christian music is in a rut. Mm. And I could speak at length about, about this, but I think there's just, music is so much bigger than, than what we hear. And I'm not knocking a four chord progression. I do that a lot myself, <laughs> but as you study harmony in the history of music, there's such, such, there's so many options for you to choose from how to shape shape a melody, how to uh, how to um, support it, and all those things. And so, I just I'd like to see music in the in the church to grow and to develop and become a little bit. I'm not, I hate to say experimental, but to just to push the envelope a little bit more. Our, a little more creative, maybe. Yeah. That's and that's what we're trying to do. And I would never say that I have even come close to doing that. But it's the idea of just. There's, yeah, to trying to apply some creativity to the songwriting process. And, you know, and I would guess, Cody, especially with your background and degree in music composition, you know, I'm, I'm sure probably, you know, you recognize, like you said, that there is a lot of potential for how you're uh, creating melodies and, you know, what you're doing to introduce, uh, you know, chords and, and harmonies and all the rest. And I think something that, you know, David and I have talked about and, and that we're fans of and that we're proponents for and definitely pushing for is just exactly what you said, Cody. Uh, you know, can we take a theology and and can we make it rich in our corporate worship setting uh, through music? Well, and I've been having uh, several conversations about this lately around here at our church because we're talking about worship and and those kinds of things, and also with other people outside of here, but. Um, you know, like you said, there's not necessarily anything wrong with, you know, modern or contemporary Christian music, mm -hmm. uh, but there's also not a, a ton of depth there. There's not a whole lot of rich yeah. content and it may, you may have, you'll have like one line, you know, um, we were doing no longer slaves this, this last Sunday and mm -hmm. you know, good song, nothing wrong with the song, mm -hmm. but it, but essentially it all builds up to the, uh, to the bridge where it's saying, you know, I, I'm not a slave to fear, but mm -hmm. I'm a child of God. And I'm like, yes, that's a great rich truth. But what about the first verse and the chorus and the second verse and the chorus and how much yeah. truth was communicated there? And mm -hmm. it's like, why did I have to wait until I got to this point to, <laughs> to have that rich yeah. truth? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it's true. It there's a it takes it takes a lot of work to have every single part of your song 
meaningful and, and rich and uh, you don't see that a lot these days yeah and I, and I think what you know what you exemplify in that is it, it takes work and it takes time and it yeah. takes study it takes intentionality and sometimes it takes years yeah and sometimes it takes yeah. recording in a dorm room with a bunch of mattresses to uh, <laughs> block out the sound but yeah, in the end I think it's worth it right I mean absolutely I, if we're if we're because like and we like we talked about in our last interview actually about how worship becomes kind of the war cry for the life that people are living out mm. on the six days a week. Mm-hmm. What what war cry are we giving them to live by? Mm-hmm. I mean, are we giving them the substance they need to actually get through those next six days uh, in yeah. our worship? Good stuff. Yeah. Good point. Well, uh, we're about out of time, Cody. Would you uh, share with us real quickly how people can uh, get in touch with you and uh, and learn more about Solos and the Romans Project and all the stuff you've got going on? Yeah, we have a website. You can check it out at solos.com, and Solos is spelled P-S-A-L-L-O-S. We have a Bandcamp website as well. Uh, you have you can find all of our CDs on there and you can stream them for free so you don't have to even necessarily buy them you can hear all the, the songs for free and um yeah you can always email me at solosmusic at gmail.com and we're we're hoping to take our romans album on the road more and so if your people are interested in hosting us at their church we'll be happy to come out there and we're working on future albums as well so yeah, they can just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all those things, and we're, we're there. Cool. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for your time. Do you have any uh, final encouraging words for our listening audience today? Um, I guess one thing I'd say, this is something that as we, we talk about the, the practice of songwriting is just to, if there are songwriters out there, to, to approach it with a lot of gravity. Um, there's a verse in James, James 3, 1, where James says, not many of you should be teachers, uh, my brothers, because those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And I do believe that that applies to songwriters, to worship leaders, music leaders in a church, because we're teaching. And so just to exhort people, as I do myself, to teach well and to teach with a sense of this is gospel work that we're doing and to put time into it and to take it seriously. Great. Very cool. Thank you, Cody, for your time. Thank you for being yeah, thanks, guys. on the show. We've been with uh, Cody Curtis talking about Solos and the Romans album. And uh, thank you again, Cody. Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate it so much, you know, Here's a guy who knows music. I mean, literally mm-hmm. studied music. And he he has been doing it and living it and studying it and learning it. And he takes that music idea and then he takes theology and he says, let's do something really creative and let's do something really artistic. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah. And, and I just love the idea of, of taking a book of the Bible mm. And putting it to music and giving us something that that is really substantive that that drives us as as worship. I remember a while back, uh, Shane and Shane, uh, they they had their Psalms album, mm-hmm. and, and this is years ago. Um, but it, I mean, they didn't do every single psalm. There wasn't 150 tracks on there, but <laughs> they went through, you know. Uh, several of the uh, of you know these psalms I, I can't off the top of my head I can't remember 
and you know recorded them to music mm-hmm. um and i mean some beautiful beautiful you know lamentations of of you know lament type psalms mm-hmm. and uh you know very very stirring yeah and th- i i really i really just love that that's becoming more and more a thing I that's mean, cool and uh so um, you definitely want to go uh, and check out Cody and uh, Solo. So it was solos.com, P-S-A-L-L-O-S.com. Yep. And, uh, and they're on Bandcamp. They've got their album on Bandcamp. There's a link in the, uh, in the blog article that you can go follow and check that out. So you want to make sure that you go there and check that out and listen to that album. And, and if you can, buy it. I mean, support them. They're, mm-hmm. They aren't a big label or anything like no, that. They're, they're just artists. in there with the dorm room, you know, and, uh, with the mattresses and the one microphone, trying to do it in one take, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and if you've listened to the interview, which if you're listening at this point, you probably did. <laughs> you're probably... St- <laughs> if you're with us all this way, you, right. you, you're sticking it out. But uh, but you heard, you know, they, they couldn't afford, you know, um, more than a mic. They have yeah. a mic. They borrowed a recording interface. They didn't have one. And so... Uh, you know, supporting them financially, I think, would be a great way to support them. And they're really giving us some great resources. So so make sure to do that. Um, but uh, real quick, before we kind of cut the cord here for the day, um, as you as you know, we're partnering with Garden City Project and uh, and everything they've got going on over there. Which you'll want to listen next uh, episode to hear more about uh, what we're doing. Yeah. With that. Episode 176. Yes. Uh, but uh, right now, there's something going on, uh, the Psalms Project and Contest. It's uh, uh, keeping in line with what we talked about on the episode today, putting scripture to music. And it's if you go to worshipministrycatalyst.com and click on the Projects tab, you'll see it listed there, Psalms Project. And so um, we're looking for not just musical contributions, that's a big part of it, but other artistic contributions that can help uh, illustrate the Psalms and uh, and creatively express the Psalms. And then uh, what, what's going to happen is those are going to be featured in the YouVersion Bible app. And so, yeah, know, which is a which is a really cool thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we we use the YouVersion Bible app at our church to put mm-hmm. sermon notes on and stuff. Yeah, and, we do, too. And mm-hmm. and obviously, because there's over 120 million downloads, Hello. hundreds of millions of people uh, use that app. And so. Uh, that would be a, a feature where you can help uh, people experience scripture in a creative, artistic way, and so you might be able to contribute to that. So, so make sure you head over to that uh, catalyst dot com. Click on the projects tab. Yep. And look for the Psalms project. Um, also, really quickly, um, what Dave part of what Dave does over there at the Garden City Project is free music le- or music lessons. Um, and it's kind of recorded and uh, live streamed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're giving away a, a free month of music lessons uh, for your friends and family as a stocking stuffer. You know, so um, it's yeah. taught by Dave and other great teachers there who are recognized uh, across the country as great teachers. Right, and some of these teachers, I mean, they're coming from from Berkeley. Uh, they're coming from uh, the Finale School of Music. Uh, they're coming from Visible. I mean, you know, these are th- these are legit people who know music. Yeah. And it's a family safe environment. You know, they're they're good teachers. They've been background checked. They're not going to try to steal your identity online or anything <laughs> like that. Um, Wouldn't that be the worst? You go to do like yeah. some music thing, and next thing you know, y- you've been like robbed or whatever. Right. Um, but that's not going to happen. Right. That reminds me of The Office when they made that social network for their uh, website with oh. Ryan, <laughs> and it was infiltrated. <laughs> it was infiltrated by the hackers. Yeah. yeah. And um, so 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 that's a safe environment. This is this is good. Um, uh, but you can go there and. 
and uh, go go to takelessons.com and find out more information about that. There's also a link in the sidebar on worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can find out information about that there. So uh, thank you, Dave and Garden City Project, for sharing that with us, and hopefully you'll take advantage of that as you're listening. And it's probably a great resource for you as a worship pastor, too, yeah. to help uh, your, your students and your followers and your worship team members become better skilled at what they do. So... But that's all the time we have for this episode. Episode 175 is in the can. You can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, or you can send an email. Send an email to me, kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And as always, we appreciate you spreading the word, telling your friends about us, and uh, leaving a good review, if you will, on uh, iTunes and help other people find us that way. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>